Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, my darlings. So this episode with Justin... I love. He's somebody that I was dying to have on the podcast. I just want to give a little precursor here that, like, Justin is not a doctor. He is a nutritionist and a trainer. And if you don't want to hear information from somebody who's not a doctor, then you don't need to listen to this. Or just maybe listen to some of the suggestions and consult with your doctor. I personally have found a lot of helpful information from him. I've been following him for a really long time. We talk about easy at-home workouts. We talk about, you know, what kind of magnesium to take. You know, it's not anything that's not like he's telling you to take illegal drugs or whatever. But there's a lot of helpful information here about blood sugar regulation, which is really good for PCOS. And maybe if you're pre-diabetic, these are just light suggestions and I hope that you take them with a grain of salt and I hope that there's something in here that helps you. It makes you feel really good. Give Justin a follow. He's like so entertaining and adorable and I would love to support him. Okay. Cheers. Thank you. Okay. Hi, Justin. Thank you for joining me. Very excited to be here. Okay. I want to know about you because your all your videos are, are just your work. So like my girlfriend today, I was telling you I'm excited. She was excited you were coming on the podcast. She was like, are you meeting him in person? And I was like, I think he lives in Texas. Like <laughs> we were like, yeah, is he married? We were like, I was like, I think so. I don't know. We were like, where does he live? What does he do? Does he have kids? Like, so I want to know your background, where you're from. I want to know a little bit more about you, if you don't mind. Okay. No, fair enough. Uh, so yes, I, I do live in Texas. I'm located in the DFW area. It's the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. Um, single have a have a young child uh she is eight uh going on 30 Mm -hmm. as they do (laughs) yes and for the past 10 years i've I've been you know involved in vitamins nutrition supplementation uh and several different aspects so uh working from uh in a department store uh for vitamins and nutrition uh get to working with individuals for personal training, uh, also gain a um, certification in nutrition and learn how to do their nutrition. And <laughs> recently up until uh, I would say this past year, a lot of my focus was in training individuals. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, due to social media, uh, I was kind of forced to take a different different avenue. I'll get into that a little bit later, but I started talking about my experiences with nutrition and supplementation and it's just kind of gotten a lot of uh, interest since then what got you into nutrition and training so my grandmother uh, was probably the sweetest person you could ever meet mm-hmm. um, she was my best friend we called her the butter queen because uh, everything the that she butter had, queen. The butter queen yes uh, everything she had you know made she was a great cook and everything she made had at least a you know a stick of butter in there of course so, you know, growing up with her, you know, with loved ones, you never really see any flaws. It's just, you know, that that's my person. And, uh, you know, you love them. Uh, it wasn't until we got older. I think it was in high school. <clears throat> she became really ill and she developed what we call it's called a saddle block 
artery, uh, basically clot. So she had a, a blood clot in her uh, lungs. Nearly killed her. Uh, she was going to get a routine checkup because she had like a, a pain in her stomach and found that. So she immediately was hospitalized, you know, nearly killed her. And then she survived. It had like a, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's like a less than 10% survival rate from that operation. Mm. So she was very, she was bedridden. She was very sick. And that was really, really when I got my first taste of helping someone recover yep. and seeing, you know, how she progressed. Because for the majority of my life, she was crippled. She took took water pills because her feet sweat up all the time. She had a pain in a walker. She had difficulty getting up and down steps. So that was, that was her normal. But when that operation happened, she lost a lot of weight. And once she got her strength back, her ability to move around the house was a lot better. I mean, she was just calling me and, and would tell me about, you know, I was able to get up and up and down my attic. You know, I feel so much better. And, uh, wow. you know, started started taking an interest in, you know, the foods that she was eating with nutrition because mm-hmm. she still couldn't really eat that much because the pain was, was bothering her in her stomach. Long story short, uh, the pain that was bothering her was uh, pancreatic cancer. So uh, she ended up not wanting to do treatment or chemo, and she passed about six months after that. But the experience I got with her in terms of helping her get back into, you know, her day-to-day routine was where I first fell fell in love with training. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm I'm not a psychic. Ultimately, I, you know, God's in control, and I, I feel like He knows when to call us home. But I'm I'm not. 100% 100% sure if my grandmother didn't start to lead a healthier life uh, earlier in her age, that she wouldn't she wouldn't have went home at the time that she did. Of course. Uh, or at least she would have had a, a higher quality of life, <laughs> excuse me, or been able to experience some of the things that she wanted to before she had passed. People so, live very uncomfortably in this country for very long periods of time. Exactly. Exactly. And you don't have to. No, you know, a, a lot of the way we live is medicine. And if you can start to adapt the way that you look at, you know, uh, your daily habits and and look at the way our genes are programmed by those daily habits, mm-hmm. you're able to start to change your overall health from the inside out. I think it's also a hard. You know, this is a southern woman. You call her the butter queen. That's her <laughs> role. My dad was similar. You know, he loved to drink and to eat in excess and that was his lifestyle, you know? And so I think it becomes, you know, to break that. And oftentimes, unfortunately, it's when we have like a a health scare. So, you know, whenever I talk to anybody on the podcast who's entered into a realm of nutrition or medicine in any sense, it's because they've had that aha moment either themselves or with a family member. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of things are reversible, but usually when you get to that point of where you have a health scare, you have to go see a doctor. And mm-hmm. a doctor's job isn't to uh isn't to maintain your health. Mm-mm. It's to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they're not quite looking at the root cause. They're looking at at uh you know ways and and modalities to keep you living and keep you breathing. So it's still up to you to figure out, you know, the root cause or at least find a direction to go and then starts to adapt uh, that way. So how long has it been? It's been 10 years that you've been doing this? Uh, Yes, about 10 years. I mean, so how many, I mean, you've had probably thousands of clients, I'm guessing. Uh, it's, it's been around there because I've been blessed to, you know, be put in positions to where I've, I've came in contact with people who's had a lot of different illnesses and, and, uh, just things that doctors couldn't figure out. And that, you know, kind of started me on this journey to figure out, well, you know, if someone is just going to treat a symptom and not source, <laughs> excuse me, choking, what, you know, what can we do to address the source? So really when you know, start starting from working at the, those department stores, you'd have people come in and they're like, I, I just, you know, my medication makes me feel horrible. So you start to look at, you know, alternatives, you know, what, you know, what herb has the same functions as, as this mm. medication, what uh, nutrient deficiency does this medication cause? And from that point, I was able to start to fill in the gaps and help these people out. And it was more so of a just 
you know, they're, they're coming in to see me. I'd, I'd give them some recommendations, but they kept coming back and they kept saying, you know, I, well, I stopped taking this, that, and third. I, I wouldn't recommend them to, but it was just something that they felt well enough or they talked to a doctor about doing. And I still, I don't think I, I still really had the confidence to go and tell someone this is what you need. I think uh, what was the, I guess, pivotal moment for me was, you know, I said, I've always been focused on training. Well, last year I was in a car accident that nearly killed me. No. And I had to kind of change the way or what I was doing with content creation. And I was like, well, you know, I can't work out, can't, you know, show people, you know, about this movement or this training uh, you know, modality. So what if I just start talking about things I talk to people, to, to my impersonal clients about? That's how this happened. And, and this is, yeah, and that's how this really started to, to take its own shape. Unbelievable. I need to know how you memorize. <laughs> I mean, you clearly just know everything, but it's so funny because every time you do a video, you're just like rolling your eyes, kind of just like blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's so, <laughs> you're like, look off to the side. You're just like, okay, I have to spit out all this information quickly to like agree with this person or, you know, like call out like a bad trend that doesn't make any sense in nutrition or whatever. I'm sure it gets frustrating and intense for everybody to see things like go viral that don't really work or, I mean, how do you, are you just like an encyclopedia of information? It's unbelievable. <laughs> no, I, I, I retain information pretty well. Clearly. But I, I don't, I don't know everything. And I think this is why, uh, this industry or herbs, supplementation, uh, holistic medicine all together is so interesting to me because it always changes. There's always a new study coming out uh, mm -hmm. contradicting the last one. There's always, uh, and you know, for the most part, nutraceuticals or, or uh, you know, Eastern medicine isn't really studied. It's more so folktale folklore. Yeah. So now they're starting to bring more attention to it because of the, I guess, combativeness or, or just such the big uh, side effects of big pharma. It's starting to get a spotlight. So, you know, things that were known hundreds, thousands of years ago are now starting to be absolutely, you know, deemed as true. And I think with that, in terms of just like, I guess, mem memorizing some of it and knowing how the body works, mm -hmm. I'm able to kind of piece it together and, and explain it in, in a way that I do. How, like, what are, okay, so you have a client, I'm sure everybody's goals are very different. But is there a common thread that you're seeing amongst your clients? Like what are the what are the top, you know, issues or things that people feel like they can't accomplish like right now? I'd say the most common is, is diabetes. I mean, diabetes mm -hmm. itself is as a as a global disease has grown since the 1980s. I think in uh you know, nineteen eighty it was like hundred and two million and now it's like four hundred and uh 420 million individuals now mm -hmm. have diabetes, you know, and, and like, I think it's like 95% of that is, is type two. So it, it's a disease that that's controllable, you know, as we kind of, the main issue is, is as we've grown a society and trying to make things so uh, deliverable and, and easy, more accessible, we're making a more sedentary and processed, uh, you yes. know, society, which also has blowback. In that sense, that that's probably the most common that I get is is you know clients with diabetes that want to try to reverse it, and it's you know as simple as uh, you know your exercise, the foods that you're taking in, you know how you see food, and then uh, different supplementation that can help with regulating blood sugar levels while we introduce uh, you know your new diet. Yeah, the diet. It, it must be like the heart. I mean, I'm sure you're also a little bit of like a mental coach and a therapist, huh? In, in, a, in a sense, yes. Because <laughs> diet is hard. I mean, when my daddy was like really sick and overweight and had emphysema and was, couldn't, you know, couldn't move and I would make him salmon and then I would see him like putting a big scoop of mayonnaise on it, you know, and I was just like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Like this is, and a lot of people don't want to be told not to eat the, you know, that's their comfort. Right. So, exactly. 
I mean, I'm sure you're trying. I mean, what's the first thing you tell people kind of like we're going to have to slip away from processed packaged foods, and maybe start cooking our own stuff? Well, I think the the main kickback I get is, you know, eating healthy is expensive. Yeah. And I tell them, well, a doctor's bill is more expensive. You know, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> supplements, you know, supplements, eating healthy is does it's going to cost you something. Everything in life costs you something. So we, we didn't you know, you didn't get here overnight. It's not going to take overnight to get you where you want to be. So I think, like I said, I'm focusing more so on the behavioral changes as opposed to, you know, we're just going to pull the rug out from underneath you yeah. helps a little bit in terms of it, it makes it a little more digestible. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, the person still has to do the work. So for me, constantly being there and following up and checking in with them and, you know, making sure that they're celebrating the small wins and uh, they're still focused on the bigger picture. Uh, that helps also. But, yeah, I'd, I'd say the biggest uh, drawback is the you know I don't have I don't have the means to 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 make this change. Well, poverty is a holds the hand of people who are incredibly sick in this country, and it you know it, it's a clearly a huge issue. Mm-hmm. Food deserts and people not having access to any sort of training or information about what they're eating and what it's doing to them. I mean, a drive through restaurant is extremely affordable and it's easy, especially for parents who work a lot and have multiple children and don't have time or the financial means, you know? So that's, I mean, I don't know when and where we will reach a point where, I, I mean, we're, I feel like we're already in a crisis at this point with health in America I don't know at what point our government will be like, we need healthy, happy people who live here and everybody deserves that. My husband always says like food is democratic, like where he's from, like healthy food and having access to fresh food is not, has nothing to do with finances. It's literally democratic. Exactly. exactly. Well, I um, think also if people are able to come to you, you know, they're investing money already. So it seems like they're halfway there. You know, to an extent, yeah. I think I think you have to be ready in in one aspect, but yeah, but not to discount you know food deserts and and uh, you know poverty's role in health. But there are still healthier choices than ultra processed foods. You can still process the food and make it you know healthy to an extent. Yeah, you know you just have to know where to look. So you know if you're in a grocery store and you go and get you know fresh <clears throat> fresh spinach or lettuce, that's going to be quite the difference from the pop tarts in the corner. But if you go to the frozen section, you can still get frozen, you know, uh, spinach and it's around the same price. Exactly. It's processed, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not ultra processed. So mm-hmm. you just have to figure out, you know, if I don't have the, the you know overall means to uh, go to Whole Foods, for example, mm-hmm. you know, what are the, what are the choices at Walmart that I can, I can look through and, and figure out, you know, this is still within my, my means and, and this is a healthier choice than, a ultra processed meal. Yeah. And what are some of the suggestions that you have for somebody, you know, let's say Walmart in particular, because they're everywhere. What are some of the items that you always suggest to like have in people's pantries? Pantry wise, that that's a little bit tough, but uh, pasta sauces are, are, are to a certain extent. If you look at the back of an ingredient label, the less the ingredients, the better. If it's, you know, a laundry list longer than my arm, then you probably should stay away from it. Mm-hmm. That, that's a good general rule of thumb. Now, when it comes to like uh, things that you can keep in your cupboard or just refrigerator, frozen fruits, frozen veggies, also uh, lean proteins, uh, you know, fish, chicken, ground uh, turkey. I'm on the fence about red meats. If it is red meat, I, I like I would like for it to be, you know, grass fed or pasture raised. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the chickens. That's going to be a little bit more, uh, you know, pricey, but. Uh, the difference in the hormone and you know pesticide level is is quite you know quite large. With foods or with with like snack items, you know your nuts, dried dried fruits and berries. Also, staying away from you know the chips and things that are dipped and fried in moderation. I, I, but I feel like just us as as a society has, has gotten a lot. Uh, we've kind of gotten away from moderation. It's it's, it's hard. There's it's no hard moderation in this country at all. Exactly, exactly. So I I think you know to either find a way or, or give yourself a, a day as a reward to do it, or to just you know find a way to have a consistent 
healthy intake of food is, is ultimately going to, going to be the, the better route because after a while it doesn't feel like a diet. It's, it's your life. It's yeah. your lifestyle. What are some of the remedies that you suggest for somebody uh, like or supplementation that you suggest for somebody with type two diabetes? So cinnamon, specifically cellulose cinnamon, mm-hmm. uh, help with uh, regulating blood sugar levels. You've probably seen a lot of this on social media or in the news recently, but berberine for nature's mm-hmm. ozempic. Most people I've been taking it. berberine for over a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's, been around, it's been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, starting to get more notoriety for weight loss, but the main use of it is uh, regulation of blood sugar levels. I don't know what I'm choking on, but it's <laughs> so the studies that that showed the regulation of blood sugar levels was taken at anywhere between 1,200 to 1,500 milligrams uh, daily, and this oh, was wow. uh, and this was on a uh, I think a, a month trial. But when they uh, got the reports back, it had shown a decrease in uh, blood sugar, insulin spikes, uh, also decrease in in weight. So uh, that that's a really useful tool. Also, chromium picolinate. Uh, is is a mineral that's really good for uh, glucose metabolization as well. Also, uh, and fasting. So there's been a lot of you know uh, notoriety on fasting too. I'm not a big fan of fasting for weight loss, but fasting for addressing chronic illnesses is a completely different topic. I think there was a study of fasting at least for a 72 hour period before doing uh, a, a diet either higher in proteins and fats and less in, in uh, processed sugars also showed a great decrease in uh the uh in terms of blood sugar spikes that you had in, in diabetic patients type 2 diabetic patients mm. so, do you suggest fasting for women or you because i know that it can be you know mess up women's hormones in certain cycles of the month right so i'm sure right. you take that into consideration but for men it's pretty much it's go time for fasting it doesn't really matter right Right. Uh, women, your with your cycles, it, it does play a part, uh, does have a part to play. But if you have an irregular cycle, it, it can also help uh, help regulate. Mm. So, so, yes, you have to be mindful of, of your cycles. I wouldn't do it, you know, approaching or on your cycle. But, uh, you know, getting off and as, as your hormones are, are coming back to homeostasis, uh, that would probably be the most uh, optimal time to to go into a, a short term fast. And then. What are, are there any foods that you suggest? I mean, you know, I have PCOS and so regulating my blood sugar and my cortisol levels is like the basis of my, of my life at this point. I mean, I don't even have, you know, I don't have, I, I cut out coffee. I eat before I ingest any sort of caffeine. Try to really be like aware and present of like my work stress or if I have a fight with my husband, like. He now gets so annoyed because every time we fight, I'm like, <sighs> not right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do you want another baby? My cortisol cannot be spiking right now. I need to get my hormones on track. <laughs> and he's like, that's so manipulative. And I was like, it's not because I care about my health. And this is, we have to be able to like have conversations without, you know, getting heated. Like it's not good for our work, shared health, you know? So exactly. what are, are there like foods or tricks or things that, you know, you suggest for somebody like me that is PCOS or somebody who's, you know, I was pre-diabetic. I remember being told I was pre-diabetic as I was drinking a Frappuccino with whipped cream on it. (laughs) When I was in high school, my doctor was like, how many of those do you have? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, every day after school, I go get like a Frappuccino and sometimes I get French fries at McDonald's. And she was like, yeah, you're going to get, you're (laughs) pre-diabetic like, and you're overweight and like, this is not going to work. But what are the, you know, is there any like eating tips or tricks or habits that you instill in people to help with blood sugar regulation? Yeah. So, I mean, with PCOS, unfortunately, it's not a one size fits all uh, approach. No, not at all. There, everybody <laughs> has, you know, everybody has different uh, symptoms, androgen extras, ovary dysfunction. Uh, you know, it, it's a long list of different illnesses and, and, uh, and symptoms that happen. So basically... You know, the standard American diet is is an acronym and it's, you know, it's sad pretty much. That's that's what stands for standard American diet. So um, focusing on foods that are uh, generally on the lower glycemic index when we're talking about carbohydrates, 
uh, eating fats that are, are healthy or for you as opposed to processed fats or saturated fats. And then, you know, lean proteins and meats are, are going to be the, the basis or the foundation of your diet when, when approaching PCOS. You know, obviously cutting out of caffeine, you know, as, as caffeine can, can possibly have an a interaction with, with cortisol levels. But yeah, in terms of, of lists you know, of foods, lean meats, uh, you know, bison, turkey, uh, grass-fed chicken, beef, uh, fruits on the low glycemic index, uh, apricots, oranges, sometimes apples, uh, fats, I mean, coconut, avocado, uh, nuts, seeds, all those contain healthy fats. Uh, so generally with that information in my, my clients with PCOS, I'm able to give them a, a customized you know, meal plan based off of, you know, those, that foundation of certain foods. Carbohydrates, do you suggest? I'm always wondering, like, can I... You know, I, I, my daughter, I give her a lot of black, black beans and rice. We just always mm-hmm. have that. And then she eats fruit and whatever protein we're eating. But like, are, should I be eating white rice? Like, I always wonder, like, what are the carbs that I should be eating for someone with PCOS? Because I don't want to completely avoid carbohydrates, obviously. But it's, or is it like beans, legumes? Are we like, and like brown rice or white rice? Is that okay? Brown rice. You'll, you'll get you'll get different different people have different opinions. From a general standpoint, carbs aren't bad. Yeah. When we're, when we're trying to approach you know certain uh, you know chronic illnesses, that's where we have to take a look. So with with PCOS specifically, uh, if we're doing carbohydrates, I would still lean more towards the beans, legumes, uh, mm-hmm. white rice, brown rice. I wouldn't quite uh, be so heavy on. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say really take them out, but I wouldn't be very heavy on it. Uh, if you were to do a rice, I'd probably do black rice. Is that's going to be? Oh yeah, everyone more, says that black rice is great. Yes, is that that's going to be more uh, or less of a of, of a processed, uh, you know, mm. grain. I I would stick more so more closer to fruits as your carbohydrate source. Got it. Which you know is then ideal when we talk about you know what we're used to eating foods with. But uh, leaning more towards fruits because you have a higher fiber source, it's going to be processed differently as, you know, doing, uh, you know, a wheat or grain. So, yeah, when, when looking at carbohydrate sources, that, that's what I would, I would lean more towards. Okay. What are any baseline supplements that you, obviously, you know, these things are so personal and they need to be tailored to your specific clients, but are there certain things that you are just like, Oh, like this supplement for sleep. I love, you know, sleep's important. I try to get everybody on this or most everybody's deficient in this. Like this is a good baseline. Kind of like what are some like go to, you kind of almost have everybody on them stuff that you don't go a day without. Magnesium for sure. Uh, Mm. Especially our our population, magnesium, you know, magnesium because we're not getting enough fruits and vegetables. We are deficient in specifically a magnesium glycinate or magnesium l 3 and 8 Those are two different forms. Uh, but a magnesium glycinate is going to be uh, a highly absorbed form. It's magnesium binding with glycine. It's a higher absorbed form of magnesium. So your body's able to process it and use it in all the ways that, you know, you would benefit with magnesium for digestion, sleep. Uh, magnesium is responsible for 300 different functions in the body. So it's able to help with all those processes and it's highly absorbable. Now, magnesium L3 and 8 is a formulation of magnesium uh, that was formulated by some scientists at MIT. The particles are so small that it's actually able to pass the blood-brain barrier. So they're doing trials in terms of how it can help with uh, patients that have Alzheimer's or certain uh, degenerate brain diseases and seeing how it can help uh, either prolong or or possibly restore uh, brain function. So those, either one of those two, L3 and A is going to be a more expensive. So amongst the masses, I recommend uh, a glycinate. Mental health is a big thing in, in our country. L-theanine is, is another thing I, I recommend for, for most of my clients. It is a byproduct of green and black tea. It can help, uh, you know, kind of calm intrusive thoughts. So if you're someone who's prone mm-hmm. to OCD or uh, even uh, certain aspects of ADHD, uh, L-theanine can really just kind of create a calm uh, mindset for you and, and uh, also can help with certain sleep. So when I'm looking at, you know, getting a great night's sleep, I usually do my magnesium, my L-theanine, 
And then I'll drink some chamomile tea and chamomile contains a component called apigenin, uh, which is also very good for uh, relaxation. Vitamin D is another thing, especially for women. Uh, vitamin D is, is uh, especially after COVID, uh, got a lot of spotlight in terms of its potential to help with our overall immune support and supporting the immune system. We're more deficient in vitamin D than we thought thought we were just just not being outside and you know working indoors and uh, things like that. So that is something I'd recommend uh, pretty much everybody to take. Uh, if you are take it, take with the vitamin K two uh, that helps prevent cal- overcalcification in the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't, you know, cal- uh, cal- overcalcification of your arteries and, and, and things that uh, things of that nature. Ashwagandha, to a certain extent, uh, is also uh, I don't recommend everybody to take it, but there are several other adaptogenic herbs that are like ashwagandha. So because you know stress is very high, or, or, or we're not used to our our body's reaction to different stressors, we're constantly in fight or flight mode. So mm-hmm. I personally struggle with. Uh, high function anxiety and I have social anxiety. Uh, I've tried several different prescription prescription medications for anxiety. I hated them. I'm an active person. It, it just made me really, really lethargic and made me not want to do much. I went through that uh, too. So, yeah, yes, it's not fun. I feel like you get the soul sucked uh, out of you a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. So, uh, so there are, there are adaptogenic herbs that can help along with that. Uh, one of them, you know, ashwagandha, which is one of them, but too much ashwagandha, which because of the craze we've seen, I've seen a lot more stores and companies put. Yeah, it's this, in so much stuff now. <laughs> yeah, they, they just put a, a god awful amount. It, it's, you know, ashwagandha, the studies that were done on it in terms of it being effective is anywhere between 125 milligrams to, you know, 1,000 milligrams. You can walk to any store and find an ashwagandha that says 3,000 milligrams per serving. Oh, just taking that, yeah, taking that much isn't good for our body's cortisol regulation because mm-hmm. you still want, you know, we get cortisol is, is getting known as a bad hormone, but it still has a function. So, uh, you know, our cortisol is highest in the day or when we wake up. So that, that basically helps with our body's ability to wake up and then it's, it's released tonically throughout the day. So, uh, it's lowest at night. So when we sleep, so that's what follows what we call our circadian rhythm, taking too much ashwagandha can shut off that receptor. And then um. now, you know, you're, you're experiencing sleep issues you're experiencing, uh, people just call it like an uh, emptiness feeling basically from taking too much ashwagandha or taking it too frequently. So if you are going to take ashwagandha, I would say take it like for a month on and a month off, uh, no more than like 500 milligrams, maybe a thousand if you struggle with a high cortisol disease like Cushing's or, ashw- or PCOS. But with P- and I'll get to that in a second, but with PCOS, uh, ashwagandha can also increase testosterone levels. So if you're someone who's more prone to hair growth or things like that with PCOS, you probably want to lean more towards uh, rhodiola. Oh my God. So rhodiola. So good to know because <laughs> I am someone who has like, my husband will look over at me, like the light will hit my face at a certain, he'll be like, there's like a four giant hairs growing out of my <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, so rhodiola is another adaptogenic herb. Uh, doesn't uh, raise your testosterone levels like, like ashwagandha would. Uh, also, is really good for mood, uh, energy levels. So, taking the morning is really good for just natural mood, energy for someone that's experiencing oh, cool. like, uh, being lethargic. And you don't have to quite cycle off the light uh, in ashwagandha. Uh, so, that would be a, a good alternate. alternate. Also, uh, saffron, which is uh, which is can also be good for you know mood, uh, memory. Also, uh, libido, if, if that is something that that's an issue. Mm-hmm. I take saffron sometimes. Yes. I take it to help me focus because it's so hard for me to, it's like so hard for me to focus. Oh yeah. What's some good stuff. If you have like a big work day where you need not, you know, I do really well in a busy day when I'm ripping around and I'm talking to people and I'm having meetings and I'm need to cross things off my list in that way. But if I have to sit and focus on a project, like multiple emails or put a presentation together or do something really creative and I need to just zone out on it. That's super hard for me. Is there something you suggest? I'm going to fill my so, Amazon yeah. card after this with a bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, nootropics in, in a way. So those are the category of supplements that help with the activation of, of uh, your central nervous system or brain cells. So let me get this cough out before I start talking again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there, there are several. I mean, everybody responds differently. And 
So there's things like ginkgo biloba, which helps with blood flow to the brain. Uh, there's uh, gotu cola, which is like popular in Sri Lanka and things like that. It's a food. Uh, basically, they put it in salads and pretty much everything. But that also helps with blood flow to the brain. Uh, so there's herbs and then there's amino acids, really, that, that fall into categories for nootropics. Some people respond better with herbs or the region of the world that they're in. Other people respond better with, uh, with nootropics or with, uh, sorry, amino acids. The difference is herbs typically don't have as many interactions with SSRIs as uh, amino acids will. So uh, just, you know, forewarning, if you're taking SSRI, antidepressant medication, mm -hmm. uh, psychotic medication, you want to make sure that it doesn't have any interactions. So, uh, but there's also things like L-tyrosine, acetyl-L-carnitine, alpha-GPC, what are some other ones? Uh, lion's mane. Uh, reishi to some to some standpoint. Also, I personally take alpha GPC. Okay. Uh, alpha GPC helps produce more choline. Uh, choline is a is a, basically the B vitamin that helps to focus, um, and it uh, it can help with more so mental clarity, focus, and just uh, memory retention rate. I also take lion's mane as well. Lion's mane is just really good for memory retention and and cognitive function as a whole. Uh, but in terms of uh, you know, zeroed in focus, it doesn't give me that effect. Uh, it really just helps more so with, with memory retention. Mm, I don't have a lot of that. Um, how do you figure out for, and you have such good videos on this, but are there like brands that you look to? Like, you know, if I'm going to go and type magnesium into Amazon, what should I be looking for? Because there, there are so many brands that make so many different supplements. Uh, so there's, it, it, it is difficult. And with working in the industry for so long, yeah, I've kind of, I know, you know, what to look for and not look for what I would say the, the main things to look for on a, the basic level is see if it's, if it's third party tested by a reputable company. Mm. There's two, there's the NSF, uh, which is national sports, uh, you know, uh, foundation which basically that's more so for they test more so banned substances and athlete sports but if it's you know if they're testing for banned substance it's most likely going to contain everything that it says on the label uh and then there's uh the usp and uh, usp is also uh basically standard pharmacopoeia and it's going to help with uh they're going to verify that everything on that label is what is contained in exact measurements. So those mm -hmm. two on, on the basic level, if it has one of those two uh, certifications, uh, now they are third party companies do, it's not required for them to carry it, but they do pay for it to, uh, for them to come and make sure that check their product. So if they paid for it, they wanna make sure they're getting their money's worth and that their product has what it contains in there. So on the basic level, that, that's, what's, that's what to look for. Now, if they don't carry any of those two, doesn't mean it's a bad product. Uh, there are companies that follow the, the CMGP standards, which uh, the current goods and manufacturing, that more so just has to deal with the facility that these products are made in that is up to par. There's not mm -hmm. dust or glass or, you know, your yeah. nephew's not running around and <laughs> messing with stuff. Uh, it's, just, it's just that facility altogether. But when looking at ingredients, it's kind of the same thing. If it's a, if it says proprietary blend, that's probably not the best uh, supplement to go with. Anything that says proprietary blend, uh, with labeling, they can put 999 milligrams of the first ingredient and then put 0. 0.00001 of the remainder ingredients, and you wouldn't know the difference because they're not required to put on the label. So make sure every uh, ingredient is listed in terms of the exact milligram amount. Mm -hmm. uh, make sure that when you are, uh, if they, don't care, carry any of those other two certifications, you can go on the website. Uh, a lot of companies now will tell you exactly where they far, uh, farm it or where it's housed. If they don't tell you any of that, uh, that's also, uh, you know, a, a key indicator that they're probably outsourcing. Like a lot of companies outsource to begin with. Mm. So uh, they're probably outsourcing and it's probably just more so the drop shipping situation as opposed to an actual corporation making uh, these products. Lastly, there are patented products. So, um, for, for instance, like with creatine, there's creatine monohydrate and then there's creapure. Uh, creapure is a creatine monohydrate specifically from Germany. It's manufactured. It's, uh, it's patented. No one else can make uh, creapure, but that company in Germany. 
So if you know you're getting that exact creatine monohydrate, then you know that it is a good source or good yeah, brand. That's a good indicator. Uh, so several other ingredients are patented. Uh, you can just look and you'll you'll see the R, uh, you know, the the uh, patented trademark mm-hmm. uh, down there by it. If it carries a, a patented ingredient, uh, you are, have a better chance of it being a quality brand supplement as well. Uh, not always, but you have a better chance. And then I also have a, a guide that that tells you pretty much uh, things over 300 different brands that are certified, registered, and things that I personally uh, know that they're manufactured. Uh, dust their eyes and crosses their T's when it comes to, to making dietary supplements. And these are all on your website, right? Yes, they're all on, on my uh, my links, actually, uh, in my social media accounts. So I have a question for you for your new like influencer life. How do you balance your clients and content creation? Because content creation is hard and it takes a long time. So do you plan these out or you just get like tagged in stuff all like a lot of the time and then you'll like respond to, do you have to prepare for these? I mean, like how has that impacted your life? I say luckily, <laughs> luckily a lot of stuff I'm getting tagged in. I have prior knowledge. Of. Yeah. So you already know about this stuff. Pretty simple for me to respond. It does get kind of daunting. So I'm, I'm starting to figure out how to like schedule content and make large amounts of content in a single day that way I, it does, I'm not making it every single day mm-hmm. but when I first started I was making uh, five pieces of content every single day I think I, I did that for about a year I didn't miss a day so now I'm starting to get parts of my life back to where I can I can have pretty much two two filming days I try to get the most of everything I need to get filmed during those days and then it gives me more time to spend with my clients and, and check in on them and see you know, things that they, they need for me. Cause ultimately that that's my, my passion is, is helping. Of course. People. You know, if I can do that through constant creation, great. Uh, you know, it's, it's been a, a, a blessing that, that God has, has, you know, made it, uh, as, as big as it is, but, you know, ultimately, you know, my, my goal is, is to help as many people as possible, uh, heal and find the root cause of, of what's, what's ailing them. Okay. I'm going to go into the questions. Okay. From our audience. Okay. One of them is what magnesium supplement do you recommend? So we already covered that. So we love that. How do you feel about beef organ supplements? From the right company, it can be a great source of uh, several vitamins and minerals. I mean, your beef liver is, is one of the, the nutrient, one of the most nutrient dense meats on the planet. So you are getting, you know, vitamin A, C, D, iron. Uh, calcium, magnesium, potassium. You're you're getting a lot of different vitamins and minerals. It is microdose, but you're still getting those those essential minerals. I would still lean more towards you know eating the food, but from the right right company, it, it can definitely help with with a lot of different deficiencies. Someone told me to take it, and I did when I was trying to get pregnant the first time because I was just kind of like desperate. And now we're like gearing up to try again, or I might have to do IVF. And so I was like, oh, I should probably add that to my routine. But if it's essentially functioning as a multivitamin, is it too much to take that with like a multivitamin? Not necessarily because with beef liver, you're getting more so of a, of a protein profile. So mm-hmm. you're getting more so uh, amino, amino acids or complete amino acid profile as opposed to multivitamins are generally uh, your, your essential daily vitamins that you take. It depends on the type of multivitamin as well. There's there's your so many. Standard, standard multivitamin, uh, and then there's your whole food multivitamin, which is going to contain vitamins and minerals. Uh, it's from a whole food source, so it's it's it comes from a uh, it's not processed or it's not processed to an extent of it's made in a laboratory. They usually it's it's grown and and then they you know uh, grade it down to a powder that they can put in a capsule. Mm. Those are typically you have to take like anywhere between four to six to eight capsules a day of those as opposed to your general multivitamin is like, you know, the little thing you get from yeah. your nutrition store that's, that's a one a day. Those are going to have different impacts. So yeah, if you're taking a one a day and you're taking a uh, beef liver capsules, you're probably not getting enough of a multivitamin. If you're taking a whole food multivitamin and you're taking beef liver capsules, you're, you're probably getting enough of each in terms of your amino acid profile and uh, your daily essential vitamins. Oh, this is 
We also covered this, which is amazing. It said, can I take ashwagandha and Wellbutrin? Huh. To my knowledge, there aren't any known interactions. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of high amounts of ashwagandha, like I said, it's still, I would, I would still monitor the amount that you're taking. But yeah, to my knowledge, I don't believe there's any uh, complications or, or interactions. Can you ask him to weigh in on glutathione? I take glutathione first thing every morning. Yes. So uh, glutathione has many benefits from uh, actually healing the cells. Uh, Depending on the type of glutathione you're getting, of course, uh, but it actually has uh, the ability to get into your DNA uh, and and heal damaged uh, mitochondria. Uh, which can help with your immune system, can help with anti-aging. Uh, it, it's one of the most abundant amino acids in, in, you know, in our body. It is the most abundant amino acid in our body. So from an immune standpoint, glutathione is very essential. Uh, from an anti-aging standpoint, it has the ability to also be very essential because, like I said, you're repairing damaged mitochondria. Uh, and anytime you're able to do that, uh, you're able to uh, kind of minimize the, uh, the effects of chronic disease and illnesses. It also helps with the hangover, and I know that I shouldn't <laughs> should, shouldn't promote that, but <laughs> it, it, it does that as well. <laughs> okay, is there any base supplements to take for women in their late thirties? Um, vitamin D and, and K two, calcium for sure. I would say probiotic. Specifically, one with rudy or rhamnosis, as those those two strains are are really good for uh, vaginal health. Those would be the main three. I'm not I, I, when I talk a lot about vitamins and supplements, but I, I don't take forty pills a day. Yeah, it depends, on, it depends on the type that uh, of like where I'm at currently in my life. I don't feel like you need to you know take a a, a grandiose amount of, of vitamins and supplements. But I feel like if you're struggling with something, you know, in terms of illness, ailment, whatever it is supplementation could be the key to getting you to feel better to put in healthier practices in your lifestyle. So mm-hmm. at, at the base three, I, I would say those three uh, would be the ones that you would, should be taking. Also, CoQ10. CoQ10 oh, yeah. is, it, yeah, is a coenzyme, basically de- decreases as we age. 30 is, is at the age starts to decrease. So taking a small amount of CoQ10, 50 to 100 milligrams daily, uh, is just to make sure that you continue to have optimum, optimum levels of that in your bloodstream. Okay, the last question is going to be from me again. What are daily practices in your life that are non-negotiable that you feel are really instrumental to your overall well-being? Uh, prayer. Uh, for me, it's, it's it's definitely prayer. Having you know whatever you believe in, but you know, for me, uh, having a connection with God, uh, I'm ultimately you know God fearing and 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 faith based. So, uh, being led by the Spirit for me is is the number one thing for me, because I, I don't really uh, have it all figured out. I don't know everything, but I know that I can be pointed in the right direction to, you know, help uh, lead others. So uh, for me, that that's one of the main things. Also, uh, meditation and yoga, spending uh, 20 minutes a day uh, doing that kind of really helps me find my center. And I'm able to deal with life stresses a lot better. I, mm-hmm. I can tell when I don't, when I do. A lot of other people can tell when I don't, when I do. As well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I'd say those two, and then physical exercise has always been a, a you know a grounding experience for me. I tell people all the time, working out for me is a spiritual experience, just because there's there's not there's nothing else that can quite give me the same feeling in terms of uh, you know endorphins, accomplishment. Uh, trials and then triumph in you know an hour span, and that is always kind of a, a daily reminder that you know no matter what obstacle you, you may be facing, it comes to an end. So those those would probably be my my key things. What physical exercise do you recommend for somebody who doesn't have access to like even financially access to classes and you know expensive gyms? Like, are there things at home? You know, like, is there like a little easy protocol for somebody who's like, doesn't have the means? Yeah. If you have a, if you have a timer, you know, everybody has a phone, uh, get your, get your timer uh, on your, on your uh, phone or whatever it is and set the timer for 20, 20 seconds, uh, or you set it for 20 minutes total, but every 20 seconds do a, do a movement, 10 seconds rest. So 
choose five movements. So you can say push-ups, pull-ups, yeah, sit-ups, air squats, and running in place. Yeah, there's no excuse not to. That's like so <laughs> easy. So yeah, you don't need any equipment for any of those. If you set a timer and every 20 minutes you do one of those movements, do it eight times and then move to the next movement, 20 minutes is over. You had a complete workout. And I guarantee you that it would be one of the, if you do it correctly and you don't, if you go the entire 20 seconds and you're only resting for 10 seconds, it'll be one of the hardest workouts you ever, you've ever done. It, it's called Tabata. So it's basically 20 minutes of work, 10 seconds yeah. of rest. Uh, but it, it, you don't need any equipment to do it. You're able to get a uh, good cardiovascular function. And at any time you're able to increase uh, cardiovascular health, you're able to, uh, you know, decrease a or reduce mortality rate by fivefold. So anytime you have a, a high cardiovascular fitness level. So that that's something that, you know, we should always try to maintain even into, you know, our, our elderly years. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Where can people find you? Uh, so they can find me on uh, my social media accounts. So uh, Instagram, I think it's jkelly6 with the underscore. On TikTok, it is train with JK. YouTube is the same. And then my personal uh, business website is fitnessuniversityonline.com. Uh, I'm pretty easy to reach. I think I have uh, my emails there to reach. Uh, my DMs, I try to get through those uh, as often as possible. But yes, uh, I'm, I'm very easy to find once you find me. Wonderful. Thank you so, so, so much. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been an honor. Of course. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. And that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes this week's episode of Everything is the Best. I hope you enjoyed it. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that stuff. Maybe leave a comment. But remember, shitty comments are for shitty people. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Pia Barangini. And I hope you have a fabulous, fabulous rest of your day. Love you. Ciao. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.